Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today, I am joined by Joy Harris, mother of Gary Harris of the Orlando Magic. This is a good one, so sit back and enjoy. And let's get Joy on the show. Welcome to Courtside Moms, former WNBA pro Joy Harris, mother of Gary Harris of the Orlando Magic. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Of course. I love moms and just speaking to mothers and talking to them about our stories is just beautiful for me because every story I learn more and more about the NBA and about the players and how they got where they are today. So with that said, let's talk about his early basketball years. So how was Gary introduced to the game of basketball? Oh my gosh, Gary has been around and people say this, but literally he has been around basketball his entire life. Um, when I was pregnant with Gary, I was uh, a basketball coach at the University of Cincinnati. So of course in the womb, yeah. he was around <laughs> basketball. And, um, and then shortly after he was born, I mean, he was weeks old. Um, I played with um, a traveling all-star team that went around and played exhibition games against the colleges and universities. So he was maybe four weeks old at his first basketball game. <laughs> My husband had him in the stands and every time the buzzer went off, he just wailed. And um, so, yeah, so Gary was introduced to basketball at a very, very early age. Hold and, on. Um, did you say four weeks? You went yes. back to playing basketball? I did. I did. <laughs> I did. Yes. You are a true player at a, heart. It was not a smart decision afterwards, <laughs> the way my body was feeling, but yeah, I did. Yeah. You know, you know what? You are a true athlete at heart, right? To do something yeah, like that. I, definitely. <laughs> definitely. And then even, you know, after he got a little older, um, the American basketball league was started. And so he was two years old at the time. And I decided that I still wanted to play. And my husband was like, well, we'll make it work. I got drafted by the team in Seattle. We were living in Indiana. And so I took Gary with me initially. So he was in Seattle with me from August to December. And then when my husband came out for Christmas, he took Gary back home and he had him from January until I got done with the season at the end of February. Wow. So, you know, he's just always been tagging along. And um, even when I was with the WNBA with the Detroit shop, he was there with me in Detroit as well. Oh, that's awesome. So how did you groom Gary to play the sport that you both love? You know what? And, and I don't even think I really pushed him toward it. It was just that he just, like a yeah. fish in water. He just took a liking to it and just enjoyed being out there on the court. So I thought, well, why not work with them? And so um, I worked with them. Well, he allowed me to work with them up until <laughs> a certain point. You know how boys can be, you know, yeah. those, those teenage years, they think they know more and they can do things better than mom. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so he just, he, it was on him. He just loved it from the beginning. So when you did work with him, how hard were you on him? Oh gosh, I was hard. I was, I was very hard. And I grew up, <laughs> I grew up playing basketball in the backyard with my brothers, my older brothers. Yeah. So there was no mercy on me. <laughs> so working with him, it was the same way. And I think right now, um, Gary, Gary has a pretty strong mentality out there. And I think that comes from, and not that I pushed him to the point where it was just extreme, but, you know, 
I worked with them and no, let's do it right. Absolutely. Do it right the first time or do it until you get it right. And so, you know, I think right now he has pretty good mental toughness. (laughs) So (laughs) let's move forward a bit to high school. So Mm -hmm. he went to Hamilton Southeastern High in Fisher, Indiana, where Mm -hmm. in addition to playing basketball, he also played football and won three league championships. So what were those years like and what made him choose basketball in college finally? You know what? And and that Gary and my husband still swears to this today that Gary is a better football player than he is basketball (laughs) player. And he wanted Gary to um, go with football. Um, But, and even through like his freshman year, one up through his senior year, he played both football and basketball. And people were like, well, and then so when he decided going into his senior year that he was going to go to college and play basketball, people were like, well, why are you going to still play football? Why, what are you doing? Why are you doing? And he says, because I love football. And so he continued to play football. He played football, went throughout his entire senior year. And so my husband still says to this day, oh, you should have went for football. <laughs> <laughs> so how much did you, or how much of an influence do you think that you made on that basketball decision? You know what? And, and that's the thing. I want all my children to make decisions for themselves. That I don't want them to do things because mom wants them to do it or because dad wants them to do it. I want them to do it because that's what they want to do. So I did not push one way or the other, but I was so glad when he chose basketball. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about those high school basketball games. Like what do they mean to you? Oh gosh. You know, it was, it was those times. I mean, the basketball games were so exciting back then. And, um, you know, he, he did a lot of first at the high school. Um, he was the first freshman to ever play on the varsity team. And here's, here's a funny story. This is just, he's so just even keel, just, you know, never too high or never too low. So I would pick him up every day from basketball practice. This was his freshman year as they were going through tryouts. And I was like, well, Gary, how's it going? How did it go? Um, oh, it was okay. How'd you do, Gary? I did okay. That's it. That's all I got for a full week straight. So then they, um, the next week he says, I have to have a shirt and tie for pictures. And I need, and he was saying, I need a navy blue tie. And I'm like, what do you have? What do you, what is it? He's like, I don't know, mom. I need a tie and I need a shirt for pictures. So I called another freshman mom and I go, do you know anything about what type of tie, what they need for pictures? She's like, no, I don't know. She says, Ryan never said anything. I said, well, can you check? So she asked him and she comes back and she goes, oh no, that's varsity. The varsity has to wear ties for pictures. I'm like, varsity? He didn't tell me. He made varsity. So then I go back, I'm like, Gary. This is, these are varsity pictures. You made the varsity team? And he's like, oh, yeah, I did. And just no big deal. I'm like, son, okay, <laughs> really? So, yeah, so he's just, that. that's kind of how it was his whole, his whole career. Just even killed and nonchalant. Wow, he reminds me a lot of Cam instead. <laughs> My son. <laughs> Yeah, they would have been great friends because everything to him is whatever, whatever. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of moments where I'd be standing on top of the chair waving things and he thought I was crazy. And I'm like, oh, we're not doing excited today? Oh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, here's a football story for you. So we have a cross rival. Fishers is not a very big town. We're and and the both high schools. We're right in the middle of both high schools. So he could have gone to either high school. So we have very good friends at the other high school too. And so all my husband's boys, their sons played on the other high school team. And so I guess the dads were together and 
they were all talking a lot of stuff. Oh, Fisher's going to kill HSC. Fisher's is going to do this to HSC and HSC at Hamilton Southeastern. And so my husband was so upset. So he comes home and Gary's sitting there. Um, this is the night before the game. And he's like, yeah, Fisher's is talking a lot of mess. What you got to say about that, Gary? He was like, nothing. He was like, they said they're going to do this, that, and the other. What you got to say? And he was just like, we'll see. So my husband keeps saying other stuff. And his whole time, he was like, oh, we'll see. We'll see. And never changed his demeanor at all. And I mean, my husband was hyped. He was just like, what's wrong with him? He gotta, he's got to get hyped for these sports. These dudes ain't playing around. So that next night at the football game, Gary had like five touchdowns, just, just totally, totally dominated. And then afterwards, still my husband was like, don't do it. He was like, I told you we see that. And that was it. He just opened at that. <laughs> you know what? Gary needs your spunk. <laughs> he needs a little bit more mama in him because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm sitting here as you're talking. I'm I'm saying to myself, damn, it would have been great to sit there and, and just for a couple minutes be a magic mom with you and just sit there and watch the game because we'd be oh. sweating. We'd be sweating running up and down the aisle. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's get into college recruitment. With you already being a professional basketball player, I can imagine schools approached you and Gary differently than they had other families with no previous basketball knowledge. So what was a must-have for you, and how did Michigan State University stand out that made them your final choice? Yeah. Well, again, this was, this was all Gary. And we knew that the recruitment process was going to get crazy. So before his senior year, we were just like, we did take some unofficial visits to try to narrow some things down. And um, so we got things narrowed down going into his senior year. And so we took those official visits. And the whole time, you know, I told Gary, I said, you know what, Gary, just think about it this way. If basketball were taken away from you, would this still be a school that you would want to go to, that you would be perfectly fine with just being a student attending this university? Look at it that way. I said, the basketball, that's the icing on the cake. Look at the school overall. And so he narrowed it down to Michigan State, Indiana University, and Purdue. Oh, My husband okay. our alma mater, yes. where we went to school. Yes. And so, and I, and I did not want him to choose Purdue because that's where my husband and I went. I, I really wanted him to choose a school that was best for him. I chose Purdue because of my reasons and it was the right school for me. Right. And so I wanted him to choose a school that was right for him. And, um, you know, and, and, and when ultimately it came down to Michigan State, I think at Michigan State, their program and what Tom Izzo does there, they're a family. They're, they're together. And, and Tom Izzo, he can be hard on players, but he loves them. He loves them like his own. And, um, and, and to be honest with you, we still, he still keeps in touch with me to this day. Mm -hmm. He'll call, um, a funny story, he went to play at Purdue and this was, they had those cardboard pictures of people that they put in the stands. Well, he found one that they had of me. Ah. So he stood by and took a picture and texted <laughs> it to me. <laughs> That's funny. <Yeah>. So... <laughs> So I, I think the Purdue thing is that, you know, he felt that Tom Izzo was going to help develop him into a player that could get to the NBA and that he's a caring coach, cares for his players, and they're like a family atmosphere there. And um, he decided on Purdue. I mean, oh, gosh, he decided on <laughs> Michigan State. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, Tom Izzo is a Hall of Fame coach. So it's nice to see that he played a big role in that decision, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. bring us to those Michigan State games. Tell us about Spartan Nation. Oh, wow. Oh, my, my first Michigan State game, it was just, it was kind of like electric there. I mean, yeah. you walk in and you can just feel the energy and the excitement. The students are just, they're, they're, they're wild, they're loud, they're crazy about Spartans. And, you know, it was a great experience. And I was like, I see why he likes it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but now, Michigan State or Purdue, who are you rooting for? Okay, well, when Gary was playing, yeah. <laughs> definitely Michigan State. <laughs> but now that Gary's not playing, I have to go with my Boilermakers. That's right. That's right. right. Well, well, if Michigan State is playing anybody else, it's Michigan State all day. <laughs> so what was it like? What was it like seeing Gary play against your alma mater? It was. It, it was. It was nice. It was interesting. It was. It was good. Um, I, I, I. The Purdue fans were respectful of the fact that I did play for there. I mean. Yeah. We went to another school that he did not choose. Oh my gosh. And it was bad. Wow. I mean, my husband and I were harassed in the stands. Yeah, it was, oh my it gosh. was not good. But Purdue, Purdue, they, they, they kept it. They kept it good. They kept it classy. Oh, listen, that's what matters, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Like you just I'm never know, kidding. right? I know. I'll, listen, off camera, I can tell you some stories of what <laughs> we went through with him choosing the school that he went to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. balancing games and academics is a lot for NCAA players, as they are always on the move and traveling. How was Gary able to keep focus on having success in both? You know what? Gary has always been a good student from kindergarten on up. He, he's always been the type that if he has homework or something, he gets it done. We never, ever had to say, Gary, you got to do your homework. Gary, oh, we'll ask Gary, did you do your homework? Oh, yeah, it's done. Um, so, yeah, he's always been a good student. So that was never anything that we had to worry about with him. And so when he got to college, I mean, it just carried over. He already had really good study habits. Good. Yeah. So in order to play in the WNBA, a female athlete must be a college graduate. The mm -hmm. NBA only requires a male athlete to complete one year of college. So Gary chose to declare after two years at Michigan State. So were you at that time comfortable with that decision or would you have preferred that he stayed the full four years? Yeah, well, he was, they actually wanted him to go after his freshman year. Oh. And even, I had no idea that, that the freshman year that he was having was worthy of talking about going to the NBA. Right. Being drafted, being a first round draft pick. Um, but at the end of the season, when they started talking about that, I was just like, oh, my gosh, that's a lot. Um, because Gary actually started school a year earlier. So he was a year younger than everyone in his class mm. in school anyway. Right. So um, we sat down and had a meeting with Coach Izzo. And Coach Izzo was great. He didn't push it one way or the other. And Gary and his dad and I, we all felt that after his freshman year, he wasn't ready. And, you know, we all just said, you know what, we're going to table this for a year and see what happens after, you know, next year. And so then after his sophomore season, there was still more talk. At that point, he was like, you know what, I think I'm ready. And we were like, okay, if you think you're ready, um, because we understand, you know, there's, there's a short window 
of opportunity for this. And so he felt he was ready. And so we were like, okay, well, we'll go ahead and do it. And, and, you know, he can always come back to school. He's actually doing classes online right now for Michigan State. So, yeah, so he's still, he's still trying to work towards that degree. But uh, he just felt that at that time, he should go ahead and pursue that opportunity. Yeah. And it's good that they always have that option to return to school when they're ready. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. So after he declared, how did you step in as mom to make sure that he was on the right path to becoming a professional basketball player? Well, we, um, his dad and I were very active and very involved in what was going on. You know, we told him if anybody, if any agents or any runners, anybody approaches you or wants to talk to you, you send them to us. We'll talk to them. We'll do the vetting. And we did all of the vetting of the agents and everything just to keep a hand on things so that, you know, you hear terrible stories about different things, you know, the wrong agent getting with the wrong person, with the wrong player. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just wanted to be involved in every aspect of him getting his agent and then ushering him into the NBA. Absolutely. It's important for our listeners actually to understand the role of an agent. So what qualities did you absolutely need them to have to properly represent your son? One thing that we said to it was that it had to be somebody that Gary was comfortable with. Yeah. Because we 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 thought about this way. There are gonna be times where things come up where Gary's not gonna want to talk to mom or dad, but he's gonna need somebody that he can talk to or go to with a problem, with a situation. And if he's not comfortable with calling his agent to discuss things, then, you know, what's the purpose? And, and right now who he's with, he's wonderful. And I mean, he's like an extension of our family basically. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's yeah. That that's so important because for us too, you know what I mean? We had to spend a lot of time thinking about who was going to, who's that perfect person to mesh with Kim because our boys have their own little personality, right? And they, right. at that time, they're so young and they don't understand. They just want to play and, right. yes. you know what I mean? And, and they seem to think that their agents can create all these miracles. So they have to understand, like, and I used to say my son, we have to understand they're human too, but you still have to have that right. personality that works well together because the goal mm-hmm. is to make it a long lasting relationship, right? Exactly, yep, so, so true. <laughs> so take us to the moment that you were all waiting for draft night so start from waking up that morning to finally going to bed when it was all over Wendy (laughs) draft day was I'm the type of person that I need to know exactly what's going to happen and so with the draft we had no idea of where he was going none none So literally, we are sitting there, well, at least I was, I'm I'm on pins and needles. Of course, it's an exciting day because you know that your son's life is about to change. It was just that we didn't know where it was going to change. And so to sit there and, and just wait, and then you see the other players going and you're excited and you're happy for them. And you're just like, oh gosh, our time is coming. It's coming, it's coming. And so he initially got drafted by, and we got drafted by Chicago Mm -hmm. and then was immediately traded to to Denver. And so at that point, I think just, it was just such a sigh of relief and then happiness and, and yeah, it was just, it was just, I, I can just say it was a day of every emotion that could be felt. I felt right. that day, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so he was drafted 19th to right. um, the Chicago Bills, but did you expect that trade? Like, did it matter to you? No, it didn't matter. In Chicago, 
was would have been nice because Chicago is a, a car ride, a three hour car ride for right. us. Yeah. Um, but but I think going to Denver, it it all worked out. It all worked out. And that's my whole thing. I believe everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I believe that he was supposed to and, and initially we were hearing, oh no, he's he's gonna be um he's a lottery pick and he didn't go in the lottery. And so, you know, then you think, okay. And like I said, it's every emotion. But one thing that got me through was, okay, it doesn't really matter what number he goes. He's here and he's going to get drafted and he's going to an NBA team. So that in itself is truly, truly a blessing. So at 19, I was just as happy as if he had gone number 10. I was his dad. Absolutely. So there's a lot that comes with becoming a pro athlete, such as camaraderie, pressure of being in the pros, attention, fandom, teammates, Mm -hmm. adjusting to the new coaching staff, and much more, as you know. So how did Gary manage all of this during his rookie year? And, and, you know, rookie year, rookie year was tough because – with all of that, what you said that needs to be handled. Then the fact that he was inactive to begin the season, which was a whole different thing. He's never in, he was was 19 when he got drafted and all of his years of basketball, he had never been on a team and just not played. I mean, it's just that, it's just not, not playing. It's not even dressing in the uniform. It's sitting behind the bench. And that was a whole different thing for him to handle. Um, But I think he handled everything as well as he could. And he handled it well. You know, after practice, he was staying after getting extra shots up. Before practice, he was going early. He was like, Okay, I'm not playing, but I still got to keep working. And I got to keep working that much harder to get into it. And so, and the ironic thing out of all of this, he became active and played his first NBA game here in Indianapolis against the And we didn't even know that he was going to play. We, because he was on the inactive roster. Right. And we were just, and when we got there and saw that he was in a uniform, we were like, oh, he's going to play. <laughs> he's going to play. And so then he has his very first NBA dunk. And I missed it. Oh. I missed it. Was sitting there talking. And I hear the crowd erupt. And I mean, he's from Indianapolis. So um, the Indiana fans, they were cheering for, for him too. So he has this crazy monster dunk. The whole arena erupts. And I turn around and look, and we were sitting several rows up from the bench, from the Nuggets bench. And the whole bench, everybody was turning around looking at me. And I'm like, what? What's going on? <laughs> and then somebody turned and said, you just missed his dunk. And I'm like, oh. I missed it. What? So I'm looking up at the yep. looking up trying to look up at the jumbo screen yep. to see somebody play, do a replay. Let me see it. And yeah. So of course I made the ESPN, I made the news and everything that mom misses son's <laughs> monster dunk. That's the best story ever. That's why you just have to clap and cheer the whole game, even no matter what you miss. You know, oh God, I got, I'm sitting there in the game. My cousin from Atlanta, she called. You must always be watching the game. Yes. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yes. You know what? And it's funny you say that because, yeah, I missed a couple of things too. So did you really? I did, I did, I did. And thank you. So I'm not alone. No, no, no. And even when I'm at home, it's funny because I'm usually glued to the TV. 
But uh-huh. now, I mean, sometimes you're hungry. You got to get up and go to snack or something. So now, like, my mm-hmm. family laugh at me because I'll have it, the game playing on TV, and then I have it on my uh-huh. iPad. And I literally walk <laughs> around the house with the iPad. <laughs> and sometimes it's like, I don't know, maybe a couple seconds behind. And people are messaging uh-huh. me, great dunk. I'm like, when? Wait, what? what? <laughs> yeah. And then it comes later on and I laugh, but whatever. Yeah, now I make so, sure I don't, I don't miss a thing now. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Sitting there. So now I'm at the point when I go to games, I don't usually like to go with people. You know, I used to, like when they were here that first year, oh, my girlfriends, come on, let's go. Come with us to watch Gary. Now I need to be able to just concentrate yeah. on the game. I don't yeah. answer my phone. Yeah. I'm just there for the game. That's Me- it. Me too. Me too. I keep saying it's not a girl's night out because my focus is this game. I, Definitely. I, yeah, no, yeah. no. I t- I'll talk to y'all later. Like for me, I have to, I have to, have to, have to. Like sometimes I'm like, why are they calling me? Or why are they? No. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. like don't bother me. Like wait, wait. Right. Wait right. till like there's a timeout and then I'll talk to you and I'll answer any question you want. But during the game, uh, no, it's all about for me now all about the Raptors, right? It's like 100% yes. focus, yes. right? So I'm not missing a thing. So. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what was it like seeing him playing his um, his first pro game with the Nuggets and how did it differ from your first pro game? Oh gosh, you know, well, my first pro game was actually in Japan. So totally, totally different. Yeah. Um, just, just, I was just so proud that, you know, and I've, I've seen all the hard work. He, he works extremely hard mm-hmm. and, you know, and he had a goal. Um, and it was ironic because when he came back after draft night, he, of course he went straight to Denver, but when he came back from Denver and went into his bedroom, when he was nine or 10 years old, he had this sign made that he put across the top of his room that said, what did you do to make it to the NBA today? And when he got back and he looked at that sign, he was like, well, I guess I did all that I needed to do wrong, which was, and I was just like, oh my gosh. And it just gave me chills because of all the hard work and the dream of being in the NBA, being an NBA player, that it had all come true for him. Do you still have that sign? Yes. Okay. Yep. I'm asking that you please send us a picture of that. I will. Yes. I will. Yes. That is. Yes. I love, I love, love that. Please send mm-hmm. that to us. Okay. <laughs> okay. I will send it to you. Yes. You, you, mama, you have an eye for the game and can see it differently than a lot of fans, for example. So when watching him play, what qualities do you think makes him a good player? Okay, so when I played, I was a defensive specialist. Now, I could score too, but defense, that was my thing. I love defense, love playing defense. I could lock anybody down. And and that's a big thing that I push with him. I'm like, come on, you got to fight over those screens. And I used to send him messages <laughs> so he could get them at halftime. And then one time he told me, he said, mom, please don't do that. Please do not send me messages at halftime because we have coaches. We have a staff. I don't need you coaching me too. I was like, okay, <laughs> point well taken. So I don't send those text messages and, and that's the thing, I, I stay in the coach mode and, and, and former player mode. Um, I'm like, oh, he, he missed his opportunity. He's got to cut harder off of those screens, all of that stuff. But yeah, at this point, and he'll listen to it and I don't give it to him all the time. Mostly I'm just saying it to the TV or to my husband. Um, but if it's something that I really feel that, okay, he really needs to hear this then I'll tell him. Yeah. But yeah, so so I've, I've, I've eased back on my halftime coaching with him. <laughs> Wait, so you stopped? Well, for me, I, I coach from the couch. Oh. So I'm, I'm assuming at home you do the same thing like the rest of us moms, right? 
Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, of course. Like, have you caught yourself yelling at the screen? And like, oh. how intense is it with you and your husband at home? Like, well, actually, <laughs> it's more intense with my husband than it is with me. Really? I just, I just merely say, oh, come on, you got to go harder off of that screen. Or come on, don't let him cut to the basket like that. My husband just, he really yells and goes off. So, <laughs> yeah, so. And actually, I'm the calm one. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. <laughs> you know what? There's nothing better than watching our children play. Like I'm, I'm sitting there like when I'm not watching my son play live, you know, I mean, I'm all, all in front of the TV, like the forehead imprint on the screen and everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then at halftime, I'm like, whew, I'm tired. Like, I, like, I got to go rest. You know, yeah, I got to go right, charge up. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sometimes being a pro um, can come with a few challenges. Is there anything in your pro career that you've experienced that you hope that he won't have to face? You know, it, it, it's, it's really different in the fact that, you know, there's so many differences between the NBA and the W. Yeah. And and they're 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 trying to come along and and do better. It's just that sure. it's just the inequities between the men and the women. And then I guess I don't really think that I've experienced something that I worry about him experiencing. Good. Being a former yeah pro play yeah well, it's just it's just different yeah the two leagues yeah absolutely yeah. so mm -hmm. in march of this year he was traded to the magic so mm -hmm. how did you how did gary feel about having to leave the nuggets where he first began his career you know what he was he was good with it he's been there for seven years and he just was like you know what you know maybe it is time for change, yeah. for changing. And I'm certainly up to the challenge. And he just took it all in stride. Um, I think I was the one that probably took it the hardest of everybody. Um, because I was just like, oh my gosh, he was a teenager when he went there. Yeah. You know, they, they, they've taken care of him for seven years. And I, I was probably the one that was more uncertain about the trade or but he's he's taking it all in stride and he's there in Orlando and, and he's good he's really good good so yeah. with the magic in the process of rebuilding how does that impact Gary you know what he's gone through it before and that was one of the things that he said is that you know when and and it's true when he first started with the Nuggets the Nuggets were going through a lot um they were not very good and so you know he was there to help build the nuggets up to where they are now and he's like i've been through a rebuilding process and it's okay yeah. I, i've gone through it and i know what it takes so i'm ready for the challenge and see and that's a positive attitude right going in this so oh, good yeah. for him good for yeah. him mm -hmm. so when you see him play now, do you see an extension of yourself? At times I do. Yes. And then at times I don't. And and I did tell you I was a defensive specialist, mm -hmm. but I could score. Um, I just never passed the ball very much. <laughs> and I look now and I'm like, you're passing the ball too much. Shoot. <laughs> Shoot the ball. But that's what makes him the player that he is, is that he's an unselfish player. Um, he has great court vision and, you know, he, and not to say that I wasn't a team player because I was, but he really, he really likes getting his teammates involved. Yeah. Yeah. And then with the defense thing he does, I do see a lot of myself with him playing defense. So tell me joy. What is it like being the courtside mom to Gary Harris? Oh, I have the courtside mom to Gary Harris. It is a blessing 
Yeah. By all means, oh gosh, it is definitely a blessing. Um, it keeps life interesting. Um, and and another thing is that he's still Gary. Mm -hmm. He's still, he, I mean, he's still, I can still, I do still fuss at him and yell at him. He's not beyond that. Yeah. He's not beyond any of that. And okay, mom. Yeah. All right. You're right, mom. He's still humbled and down to earth. And that's probably the biggest thing that I'm proud of is that making it to the NBA, making millions of dollars, he's still humble, thoughtful, giving. He's still all of those things that we taught him to be right. when he was young. Right. So he's Gary. He's Gary. Yep. He's still Gary. Yep. So <laughs> let's learn some fun facts about Gary. Okay. <laughs> all right. What is that go-to dish that you make that Gary must always have? Salmon and Brussels sprouts. <laughs> awesome. Anytime, anytime I go. You know, this This is the first time I've ever heard someone like Brussels sprouts. I love it. Oh, he <laughs> loves them. Loves them. I have to do it every single time I go visit him. I have to make my salmon and Brussels sprouts. Yes. Wow. Where was he when all the kids didn't want to eat them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My, my kids would have wished that Gary was sitting at the end of the table yeah. when, they were, yeah, when they were forced to eat some Brussels sprouts. Let me tell you. So. <laughs> yeah. No, no. He loves them. <laughs> so other than a basketball, what was one childhood item that he couldn't live without? Football. Love it. Yeah. Hmm. Did he have a childhood nickname? And if so, what was it? Oh, man. If he hears this, <laughs> he's going to kill me. But we used to call him Boo Boo Man. Uh, do you still call him Boo Boo Man? No. No, I no. guess not at the arena. I don't no, think he'd no appreciate much. that. My, my husband will do it sometimes just to get his attention. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Man. Or right now, I, I call him by his first and middle name, Gary Todd. Oh, love it. <laughs> what advice would you give to another courtside mom about dealing with a coaching decision that she does not agree with? Let the coaches coach because we've all, and, and the reason I understand this is because I've been a yes, coach. Yes, yes. And there are things that go on that mom and dad don't see. Mom and dad aren't there in practice. Mom and dad aren't there in the locker room or in the huddle. They don't know the whole story. If they see something, they're maybe only seeing part of it. Or their son or daughter may be only telling them part of the story that's right and that's my thing I and, and there are a lot of times that I don't agree with things that coaches do but I let the coach do their job absolutely yeah what advice would you give to a player on how to deal with a tough teammate tough teammate well you you can't you can't shut a tough teammate out my advice is you just you just keep working and and you guys are on a court for a common goal so you have to work together as a team and I mean but you don't necessarily you don't have to hang out after yeah. you're off the court so when you guys are on the court you guys do your jobs together and do what you're supposed to do. And then once you get out of the locker room, it's okay to go your separate ways and to not have anything to do with that teammate. But you just got to understand that you guys are there for a reason and you're there to do it together. And you got to try to make it work when you're on the court. Absolutely. And lastly, your son has been playing professionally for about seven years now. And you've been mm -hmm. there with him along the way. 
So if you yeah. could give only one piece of advice to another courtside mom, what would it be? Just keep your, keep your son encouraged because there are ups and there are downs, as you know, mm-hmm. in this league. And I just think if you keep their mind right, keep them in a good space, so that they can continue to do their job. That 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 is one big thing that I'm good on. And and Gary teases me because he says that if he has a bad game, he's waiting for the text message from me. Because <laughs> it's always it's the encouragement. You know, when when players have a great game, everybody's texting, oh, great job. Oh, you were balling, all this and that. And but it's those games that they don't do so great and they know they haven't played a good game and so it's those times that I choose to uplift him or to keep him encouraged right that you know what guess what tomorrow is a new day yeah you get to start over and try again absolutely and I love that you say that my son and I we well I text him after every game and Mm -hmm. I really focus during the game when he's playing because sometimes I'm like, why is he upset at the beginning? Now I understand why he's upset. So now I can talk to him about it and I'll say, hmm, are you upset because you missed that layup? Are you upset because, and it's always a conversation because he's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, what do you think you could have done differently? Uh And then we talk about it and he's like, yeah, it's true. And I'm like, it's over now. Tomorrow, do now what you're saying you could have done differently, right? And he's like, yeah, it's good. It's gone. So he doesn't hang on to it anymore. But before, that's something that he would mope for like a week. Like, oh my God, I can't believe I missed that. You know what I mean? Now I'm like, let it go, let it go. And he he understands that, right? So like you're saying, the encouragement is -hmm. is important because as quick as, and I'm using a fan as an example, our boys are expected to be a million percent perfect every time they step on the court, right? So exactly. You miss that easy layup and it's on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's the thing. Everybody's so quick to judge, but yeah. how would they like it if everything they did for their job was televised for yeah. thousands of people to see and yeah. people to, to um, comment on everything that they do that's not perfect? Yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, and it's, yeah. it's inexcusable. I remember someone saying online, well, these boys make millions. And I'm like, but it doesn't make them perfect. Exactly. Like exactly. Like, exactly. And and they don't understand that, right? And these yeah. are the people that don't even play basketball. Right. They just and, know. And, I, and I think that Gary has done a great job with with understanding and handling all of that stuff with Twitter and Instagram and all of these things. And you know, he 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 gets it. And so he doesn't let that stuff bother him. I remember one time there was one something and normally I don't read all of that stuff, but somebody sent it to me. Somebody sent an article that somebody had put. And it was just, it was a terrible article um, about Gary. And I read and I just happened to be in Denver at the time when I got this text message with this article. And it upset me so badly. And so I was there at Gary's and it was early in the morning. And so I go over and I knock on his room and I'm like, and so I wanted to talk to him about it before in case somebody said something to him about it. I just at least wanted him to be aware. And then as I started talking to him about it, I just start crying because I was so upset. And he's like, mom, he was like, don't let that upset you. He goes, that stuff is not upsetting me. He goes, that's one person and that's what they think. He says, everybody doesn't agree with everybody because I don't care what he thinks. Who is he? What does he have to do with me? He's nobody in my life. That's nobody's opinion that I have to have. That's nobody that, yeah. He goes, don't let it bother you. Yeah. And he goes, and stop reading. I go, I don't read it. Somebody sent it, but, but he was like, that, he goes, if I got upset every time somebody wrote something, he goes, I would never be happy. I would never be in a good yeah. place. Yeah. But he's like, I don't, I don't even pay any attention to it. Not at all. 
Yeah, you know what? And he's right. And it's good that he has that attitude. You just have to stop, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, someone did attack my son once and I just laughed about it. I mean, but of course, after the crying and all that, same as you, because yeah. you're upset, right? And then I thought about it. And I'm like, okay, that's your opinion. But he makes the millions, you don't. So, and it ended there and it shut the whole conversation down, right? Because to me, say what you want, but you, you weren't the one, you know what I mean? That the team called. You weren't even an exception to the rule, right? No one, no one ever thought to call you to play where he is now. So your comment is yeah. your comment, and it means nothing. And you know what? Now I don't even look at it. I just I can't be bothered. So anyway, right. and that's another thing. You know, with all of this stuff with mental health, you know, what if at that point somebody says something, and you have a player that's right there on the edge, that's really dealing with some mental health issues. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't think people think about this before they tweet things or before they say things. What if that person is just at the edge and that's just something to push them over to the edge? Yeah. And that's the thing. They don't know what someone's state of mind is or how they're feeling at that moment. And I, I just think that, you know, a lot of times people are just reckless with their words and with their comments. Um, like one time we were at this particular school that my son did not go to, but we were playing at the school and we're sitting there and behind us were fans from the home school and the dad is shouting, Gary, you suck, Gary, you suck. Not realizing that we, his, Gary's parents were right in front of him and he keeps yelling this. And he has this little boy sitting beside him. And so I turned around to him and I said, how would you like it if I yelled that your son sucks? And then the father looked and you could just see the moment in his mind when it clicked like, oh, wow. You know what? That is somebody's son. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry. And he sat back down and we didn't hear another word out of him. And that was the thing. I wasn't mean or anything, but, you know, he just keeps yelling it. And then I'm like, no, he needs to understand what he's saying, yeah. that that's somebody's son yeah. that you're yelling at. And he had his son, his young son, sitting right beside him. And so, yeah, I, I just, people just say things recklessly and not think about the consequences of what they're saying. Yeah, no, but it's good that you stepped in and you actually did something about it because like you said, he is somebody's son and I'm yeah. sure the same person wouldn't tolerate someone else, you know what I mean, doing the same thing to his own son. Absolutely so. not. Yeah. Well, thank you for your advice, your comments, your answers, oh, everything. You're well, amazing, thank you Joy. for having me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course, my mom's giving us your time and teaching more and more about Gary that a lot of people just didn't know. And it's so important that people understand the root of the players, right? Where do they come mm -hmm. from? How are they raised? how they are, who they are today. And all yeah. that is coming from the best perspective, which is the awesome moms like yourself. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, Wendy. And yeah. it's too bad you're not in Orlando. I know. And I was going to say, we courtside moms appreciate your platform here. This is awesome. Well, thank you.